Welcome back to Dance Tips Daily. And if you're new, welcome to the fam. I'm your host, Danny Albertina, and this is the podcast where I read to you, with the author's permission, of course, short and sweet dance excerpts on topics such as choreography, performance, mental health, physical health, nutrition, education, and more. Bonus episodes release the first of every month featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those who keep our dance community alive. If you're ready to spend a little time getting a little better each day, let's dance in. This is episode number 377 featuring Catherine Boland of Dance Informa, what we created and how we'll go forward. It's September 12th. 2021, and we have a strategizing Sunday tip for you here at Dance Tips Daily. Let's dance on into Catherine's writing. I love reviewing dance. Since 2015, I've reviewed on average about one performance a week for this very publication. In mid March of 2020, right before the country fully shut down, I was scheduled to see two shows in one weekend. Rather than see those shows, I headed to where I'd quarantine and am still living. Like just about everyone, I had no idea what would happen with my reviewing work. Admittedly, I was focused on staying safe and healthy in an utter shock at what was happening. Well, it being a year and four months later, what did happen? With some sort of slower periods, I've reviewed just as much work as I always have. Live stream performances, dance films, a few outdoor shows and other creative iterations of those formats. I also began to notice certain trends in COVID dance, some resulting from practical necessity and others coming from choreographers' creative interest in the context of inherent constraints, or in some cases, some amalgamation of both those forces. This article describes notable trends I saw with memorable examples and from my position as a reviewer, why I think they're notable. As the world begins to open back up and live performances are taking stages once again, I wonder what will keep of what we discovered in COVID dance and what we'll leave behind. Have we learned things or gained new interests that could benefit the art and field of dance going forward? Have we learned about what doesn't work and what we don't want to do again? Whatever happens over the course of COVID, I've been taken aback by the adaptability, creativity, and resiliency of the dance field, and proud to be a part of it. Never have I been more confident that whatever we face, we'll dance on. It is who we are, and there's no changing that. Number one, more theatricality, less virtuosity. In the confines of screen dance, there may not be a significant amount of space in three dimensions. To move, spaces to leap, turn, and reach fully and expansively might not be there. Two-dimensional film can also take away some of the magic of intricate dynamic movement vocabulary. What then might choreographers call upon to draw audience members in and elicit a response in them? Theatricality, including storyline and emotional execution, is one key answer there. 
I've seen this sort of emphasis on theatricality over virtuosity through COVID as more and more choreographers, mainly out of necessity, have dove right into the deep end of film dance. Nathan Hirschot Seek from Hive Creative Company and with a memorable performance from Zoe Hollinshead is an evocative example of this trend. The work brings us inside one person's experience with compelling abstraction, but also illumination of the experience at hand through supportive elements such as text score and props. Hollingshead's movement throughout the short film is mostly pedestrian, yet notably intentional and chock full of meaning to be found. Works like these throughout COVID have demonstrated that sometimes a reach gesture or simple locomotive movement can support the telling of a story or building of meaning more than the most virtuosic technical movement ever could. Something to keep in mind as the dance world moves forward from here. Number two, expanded creative thinking with site-based or site-specific work. One of the things that scientists discovered about COVID in the early stages of the pandemic was that gathering indoors made spreading the virus more likely than gathering outdoors. Being sufficiently responsible and caring about the well-being of all involved, notwithstanding theaters being closed, choreographers took performance outdoors. One could understand how that could lead them to wonder or how they could make the best of site-based work, how they could explore location and supportive concept, aesthetics, and more. New York City Ballet's New Works Festival, for example, made use of New York City locations, Lincoln Center, and beyond to deepen meaning and clarify the execution of concept within each work. The closing work and its score, Justin Peck's Thank You, New York, truly brought this theme of place and space home. Four soloists danced in four separate locations in New York City, from the green to the ultra-urban, engaging with each space in their own ways. Throughout COVID, many of us spent more time within the four walls of our own home than we ever have been before. One result of that could be seeing various spaces in our nation and beyond with new eyes, something that dance art could perhaps reinforce with continued creativity, with setting, place, and space. Number three, fresh approaches to partnering. After companies and studios shut down for a few months, many state guidelines relaxed to the point that dancers could train, rehearse, and perform in films and in other COVID-safe contexts. Again, masked and physically distanced. That is, partnering is a fundamental tool in choreography for building both aesthetic and meaning. Once they could create again, would choreographers abstain from this choreographic tool? Partnering as usual could endanger dancers and those with whom they interact. As a reviewer, I saw that some choreographers didn't give it up while shaping that partnering in a way that would keep dancers safe. How? Choreographers made intriguing use of negative space between partnering dancers. How Boston Ballet principal dancers Paulo Aris and Leah Ciro would just short of embrace and Jorma Elo Bach Cello Suites with the company's virtual program celebrating Norma Elo was a vivid example of that approach in partnering. Sometimes that negative space went outside of dancers' kinospheres. Working toward the fruits of connection between two bodies and two souls that partnering brings without partnering per se. In that same virtual Boston Ballet program, soloists Victoria Capanova and Tingran 
Churchian maintained a visceral connection even as they were separated through space by a huge black box, for example. How wonderful to discover new ways of two humans moving together and closely connected in space. Number four, reduce numbers of dancers in each work. Just as being indoors and being in close proximity were risk factors for spreading COVID, so was being in large groups. Choreographers with safety and responsibility in mind have known that soloists, duets, and trios were safer bets than large group numbers. As such, much of what I've reviewed in the past year and four months have been in solo, duet, trio, and other smaller groups of dancers. The final result, in many cases, were memorable illustrations of individual and interpersonal experience portrayed in dance art. Large group choreography can be hard-pressed to get as personal and as intimate. As the dance world moves forward, we do well to consider that as we create new work. Complexion's contemporary ballets, Black is Beautiful, for example, presents solos, duets, and small groups edited together. A large group could have powerfully reinforced the work's message of the beautiful creativity and resilience of people of color. Yet those small groups were powerful in another way, by illustrating the beauty in each of the Black dancers just as they are in their unparalleled individuality. Number five, through film editing, making formations without having dancers together in space. We've all become quite familiar with those Zoom screen boxes over the past year and change. Having groups of dancers together in space is essential for creating formations, or so we thought before COVID, led dance makers to find another way. Without being able to create formations in the usual way by assembling bodies in space and seeing what happens, thankfully they've had film editing tools. Those boxes that house our faces in Zoom or other video conferencing tools, they can be assembled in various ways, just as dancers in space can, each screen containing one dancer to a few dancers. In this approach, the film screen becomes the new stage space in which formations form, dissolve, and form again. This is a dance-making tool that can only be used in the context of filmed or live-streamed dance, with the exception of images projected on a sink or on another backdrop. Yet, it can be something that we beneficially carry forward into future film dance in certain cases. Several pieces within On Stage Dance Company's Season 20 virtual program demonstrate the use of this choreographic tool in pieces of very varied aesthetics and dance styles. As one example, Melissa DeFrese, What's Up, makes and shifts Zoom screen formations in a grunge-styled contemporary dance as an illustration of the raw frustration that COVID has created. As another, Sandra O'Donnell's Together Apart is a pleasing portrayal of taking time to join together, even if virtually, and do something for your soul even if it feels like there's a lot of work to be done. In an aesthetically satisfying and memorable way, the piece presents moving video conferencing screens of dancers doing simple ballet exercises as they take that time away from work and for themselves, together, yet apart. Like all of the COVID-era dance tools and trends discussed here, it's something that could enliven and strengthen dance art in the post-COVID world, or it could be something that we choose not to take with us out of COVID, yet perhaps we've still learned something. Dark times have lessons to teach us, if we're open to receiving them. 
Let's keep creating and never forget what a gift it is to come together and do just that. Thank you so much to Katherine Boland of danceinforma.com for giving us permission to share her awesome writing with y'all today. If you'd like to learn more about Katherine, make sure you check out our show notes. Also, for any of the gorgeous dancers' names that I may have mispronounced, make sure you check out our show notes as the link is right there and you can check out the correct spelling and look up the dancers if you're interested in their works that Catherine was sharing with us. Catherine's article definitely gave me an opportunity to reflect on all that I learned and how my artistry shifted during the pandemic. I'm curious to know if your vision or your artistry shifted as well. If you'd like to share with me, you can write to me at Dance Tips Daily on Instagram or head to the website, dancetipsdaily.com. Sharing is caring. And if you'd like to share with our community how you adapted or something that worked well for you, I would love to hear it. Personally, I got a little bit better at editing videos and music and finally bought myself a selfie stick or selfie stand, whatever you call it, and an O-ring for lighting, which all have come in handy, especially since virtual castings are prevalent these days. Today, I challenge you to make some choreography using any of the tips that Catherine shared with us today that our choreographers use throughout the pandemic to get creative with. Number one, more theatricality, less virtuosity. Or two, expanded creative thinking with site-based or site-specific work. Three, fresh approaches to partnering. Four, reduced number of dancers in each work. Or five, through film editing, making formations without having dancers together in the space. Maybe you already have choreography for the studio you teach at or for a gig that you're working on right now. One of these tips might be able to help bring an extra added spin to it. Whichever you choose, I wish you all the best as you strategize your new movement. And as always, happy dancing. Thanks for listening today and tune in tomorrow for more short and sweet tips. Happy dancing.